Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. Well, it's a very different episode. Yes, it's just P. Philippa on her own today, but what tidings I have to bring you. It's been a very exciting day for me. I'm recording this at the Hay Festival, which is an annual literary festival in Hay-on-Wye on the border of Wales and Hereford. And we've been joined today by five members of the cast of The Archers. They've performed the episode live, complete with sound effects. The editor, Jeremy, also talked. And I was able to sit down with those cast members for a bit of a chat, five, ten minutes each, with who did we have? We had Stella, Brian, Adam, Susan and Jim. And it was just great fun to talk to them. There is background noise. I think you can hear that. And I apologise for what can be at times quite loud background noises but that's just the fun of the festival and just bear with me on that it did get quite windy at one point so again forgive the the sounds of background wind but that's just the British weather for you but I'm just thrilled to have this special episode with the cast so first let's join Lucy Speed who plays the part of Stella have you performed the archers live no, before? No, I've done live theatre. It must be an interesting I thing know, to I'm be. I'm quite the... excited to see what it was was going to happen. I think people love love it when you go wrong. Actually, I think if we're too yeah. slick, uh, people will be disappointed. <laughs> the rough and ready. Bit yeah, of they the like archers. to see the bits when it goes wrong. They love it, even <laughs> on stage in live theatre. People want to see you muck up or somebody crack up laughing. <laughs> I should introduce you. So you're Lucy Speed, yeah. who plays. Stella, yeah. uh, do you know how many of us 
love Stella. How many girl crushes there are? No, no, I don't. Because we struggle as listeners with a lot of the women in Ambridge, but Stella. I love her. I love her because she isn't defined by her sexuality. She's defined by her brilliance at work and about what she's interested in. And to play, to be a female in something where you're not introduced by either how you look or who you're dating or who you fancy or who fancies you has been just a joy. And it's two years now, and she is still defined. <laughs> by just being Stella. And actually, for the first year, she didn't even have a surname. So it was sort of empowering, and I just loved her for that. And I love her that she, it stands with all the big, big boss men and, and gives, you know, isn't cowed by them at all. And she's just so much fun to play like that. But there has been a lot of deep dive analysis on Stella and <laughs> what we think might happen. Right. The sort of the top two views are, well, first of all, it was she was going to have a relationship with Ruth. Right, yes, yes. And I now like it's that Pip. That is... Oh, the, right, yeah. The, she got, what I love about her and Pip's relationship is that they started off Pip being sort of not yeah. really liking her, <laughs> yes. and then Stella's just quietly wins people round. And I think it's because of her managerial skills. I just think yeah. that's, that she sees everybody as a sort of a work person that needs <laughs> managing. But actually, she's now become very, very, very... Uh, happy in Ambridge and, and really loves all the people and really has begun to soften and open up a little bit. I think we might find out a little bit more about her, you know, family and her life and, and what she does and she doesn't like. Recording this discussion before the Friday episode of The Archers yeah. where I believe there's going to be a chat with Brian and Stella, so I won't, don't want you to give anything yeah, away about no, I won't it. Give, but I, won't give but I love the scenes with Stella and Brian generally. Where yeah, we love those scenes. I mean... I, as a middle-aged woman, or slightly over-middle-aged woman, uh, with young children, and my parents live with me, find myself mediating quite often between making sure that the older generation feel respected and in control, but yet having to do quite a lot of the con secret yeah. control and support, and then being more blatant in that role with my children. And I think middle age is so very much part of being in the middle of things and managing those things and other people's egos and expectations and that you see that getting older is difficult in its own way and you're also getting older and become slightly invisible. You're a bit opaque because you because you bridge that gap. But I think that that is also a skill in itself that Stella's embraced in understanding how she might feel in certain situations. And I think that's where her and Brian meet. She completely respects him and where she, he's come from, but understands that she's there to, to really support and do the things that he can't do without making him feel surplus to a part or doesn't want to do. And I think that's where her skills lie, is that kind of people management and understanding and, and enjoying her job. Those conversations are always lovely to do because it, it is about people looking at pe each other as humans rather than whatever our age differences are, whoever knows more yeah. about what or whichever, you know. I always thought it was interesting as, you know, you joined and we were all really excited and then you got accommodation in Ambridge, we're like, yes, yeah. and then you got the dog, we're like, yes, she's, you know, Stay. she did, yes. It must have been quite rewarding to see those life events. Yeah, so, totally. It, it seems to me from outside to sort of TV soap fandom, uh, you, there you're more portrayed, either you're sort of a, a goodie or a baddie, yeah. whereas in the Archers... There's a lot more nuance to it, and yeah. people are always trying to work out 
where the character's going. Well, I think what you don't get in The Archers that you do sometimes get with TV, because what happens with TV soaps or, or, or shows that are on a lot, you know, might have a series that's kind of, you know, got 14 episodes and then they have a little break and it comes back, so serial dramas, is that what they tend to do is there's a lot of exposition before and after the tea, the break because they're on at times when people are feeding their children or they're doing yeah. whatever and you have to keep repeating yourself whereas what I love about the archers is we don't treat the audience as if they've gone away and done anything else <laughs> of course which they all are <laughs> and you have to play a bit of catch up but that happens to, to the actors as well um, we totally trust that the audience are there and, and are feeling and are engaging with what they need to engage with and if you are not in the script, you don't know what's happened to your character or to the other characters. And you arrive and you play a bit of catch up and, and we play it totally for what they're, the truth of what's on that page. And I think that's what comes across in the show. And that's why the audience love it so much because we're, we're all just discovering it at the same time almost, like real life. And it does feel more like a social documentary than a, than a serial yeah. drama. And I think that's what people love, is catch up sometimes, you miss out, you catch up. And, stuff. and sometimes you'll have a conversation with your friends and you'll kind of go, oh, I've missed something here because I haven't seen you. And it's a bit embarrassing to go, hang on a minute, so-and-so had a baby, but you, you kind of go, oh, I need to just quietly gather some information here. Nice and then again. just slot yeah, in, and I think that's what we all do as listeners. I feel very so loved by the Archer's audience. Okay. Well, we've got a table and, uh, over here I don't think... Any of my family have been more impressed. <laughs> Is that the, the highlight <laughs> yes. of your career? Yes. Considering yes. all that you've done. Yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> there was huge excitement in it. And I think if my grandparents had still been alive, they would have been even more. So, yeah, I have, you know, fulfilled my job as the only actor in the family to bring credit <laughs> yeah. and dignity to the family you've done name. It now. You've been <laughs> yeah. I suppose my last question is what's what's been the scariest moment of doing the archers? Because you are such an accomplished actor. Was any of it? I think going in and initially because they didn't really have a lot of idea of what they wanted from Stella, just that she was gonna and that's what's nice is people create their own roles almost and, and um, the writers and the producers sort of work with you along with it. And I think it was, it was one of my first things was going in and doing the doing the BL contract or something and then it was and with all those like Charles <laughs> and Sam Williams yeah and um, and I had loads of farm speak to doll out um, and I think I was a bit nervous then obviously um, that was probably the most terrifying just initially just yeah. kind of walking into Finding that iconic space and all those people that knew each other I was saying last night as we were sitting in our little cottage that we were sharing with Charles and, and Andrew, you know, there needs to be a kind of a, a, a sort of information pack when you join. <laughs> uh, who and where everything is, you forget yeah. what it's like to be a newbie sometimes. Yes, your first day at school. Yeah, but everybody's really caring, and you know, they, they they're great sort of hosts as well as actors. It's wonderful. It's just so nice to talk to you, Lucy. Honestly, oh, I really thank you so much. appreciate it and really look forward to seeing the archers performed in front of me. I know, how funny is that? We, we've got to just try and weave in. It's a good job I'm here because we can weave in some bloopers <laughs> yeah. that people probably want to see. Everybody else is far too brilliant. So I think that's why I'm here to make <laughs> sure blue, there's some. Head of bloopers. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some mistakes thrown in there. No, that's great. Thank you. 
Oh, I really like Lucy. She was just brilliant to talk to. Anyway, onwards and upwards. Now we go to Charles Collingwood, who, of course, plays Brian. Charles Collingwood, the amazing, the superb, the one and only Brian. I mean, my goodness. Well, there we are. (laughs) Very exciting to be talking to you. Have you ever performed The Archers live in front of an audience? Lots. Oh, have you? Yes, uh, but not for a very long time. Oh, right. When you say live... We've done a lot of agricultural shows and personal appearances. Yeah. Uh, at, at all, mostly, you know, the Royal Show. I did Wilth Wells oh, in, yes. we, in weather like this. It was absolutely magnificent. And I'll tell you how long ago it was. We were staying rather like BBC, a very sweetly put us up in some cracking cottages last night. <laughs> and when we were at Wilth Wells, uh, we were out in the sticks. And we marvelled at the fact that we saw red kites because they were almost extinct. And now you can't move from them yeah. on, on, the, uh, you know, on, the, on the road to Oxford, on the A34. So, you know, they've become... Uh, it's a long time ago. So I've done hundreds of these things. But I have been in the show a very long time. Well, you have been in the show for a year or two, I think, I think we could safely yes. say. But I'm interested, do you prefer playing Brian when he is agreeable? Or do you prefer it when he is slightly disagreeable? Oh, of course, disagreeable. <laughs> I mean, all that, every actor uh, will enjoy, enjoy the drama rather than, you know, terribly nice. Recently, of course, I've had the very sad storyline of Jennifer dying. And it's, you know, and I've had to show quite a lot of emotion and cry and get upset. And people have been very, very complimentary and sweet about my performance. And I always say, well, that's very nice of you. But the hardest scenes ever were walking across a field of oilseed rape with Philip Archer, seeing if it's ripe or not. I mean, there's no drama in that. And also, if you're not careful, you can think that's quite a boring scene to have to do, really. But you do them. But... Uh, but no, scenes with... But Brian, I've been so lucky. I've had the most wonderful story, you know, and affairs with almost anything yeah. in the palace. In fact, you're in danger now because... Um, because I'm neither of my wives are in the programme anymore now. <laughs> but we are very concerned about Brian. Now, I know you can't give anything away, so I'm not asking you to, but there, when you moved to the cottage, you were mm-hmm. warned about a, a sticky back door and how it wasn't entirely secure. So, as listeners, we are very concerned for Brian's future. Well, I've had the door fixed, of course. <laughs> so we shouldn't be worried? No, no, you shouldn't worry at all about Brian. <laughs> Until such time as I'm probably worried about, <laughs> and then you need to be worried about, Brian. But tell me, who brings in the best cakes and biscuits in when you're recording? Who is the best provider? Well, I think one of our producers called Rose, Rosemary Watts, every now and again she brings them in, uh, absolutely delicious. Can Do- we mention the special number of your birthday? Or is yes, that I'm 80. Many I'm just, happy returns. N- thank you very much. I am about, was it May? June, July, August, September, October. I'm five and a half months older than Brian. Very closely aligned. Very closely. And I hope both of us remain very well and fit for many years to come. If you could go back to when you first started playing Brian, Mm. is there anything you would sort of whisper gently in your ear to, to sort of to prepare yourself for what lies ahead? I mean, I got... I got the part... 
first of all, I played a character called Dave Escott in 1974 for six months, who was a dodgy paint salesman. He was a crook. Uh, and he had a mild flirtation with Peggy, so that shows you how long ago it was. She's about to be 104, the actual bit. So I had this flirtation, I decorated the bull, but I was a crook, and I, and I left without paying, without, you know, crossing, anyway, I was gone. So I was having lunch with the producer, who said to me, well, I'm sorry you're going, Charles, and I said, I'm sorry too. He said, we'll get you back in permanently soon, I thought. Oh, yeah, Fantastic. good. I was, of course, then with Judy Shuler. She'd already yeah. been in it three years. And three weeks later, she said, you've got to ring Tony Shrine tomorrow. You're playing a new character called Brian Aldridge, and you're going to marry Jennifer. And I went up to Pebble Mill to play my first scene as Brian with my script. And I went to have lunch first. And I got in the lift on the ground floor and in walked the actor Jack Holloway. And I said, Jack, how nice to see you. How are you? And he said, dreadful. I said, why? He said, I've just been written out of the ruddy program. No. And he got out of the second floor to go and have a drink. I got to the top floor, got, well done, Charles, you got the part. So good. I said, hang on a minute. I've just met Jack Holloway. And he said, he says he's been written out of the program. And they said, yes, you bought his farm. So you can imagine how thrilled he was to see me, can't you? So it is all swings and roundabouts you know, and all these things. Can we talk about sport? I mean, I often say Brian is the only man in the village who's never played cricket for Ambridge. And I am the only playing member of the MCC in the cast. So it's been odd, isn't it? Because this is my MCC hat at Lords. I should be at Lords today watching England play Ireland. So. And you're this here. is a major sacrifice. It is a huge commitment, and we're yeah. very grateful for it. What is the, the most interesting bit for, for you? What's the, the, the most fun? Well, it, I mean, let me go back. I don't want to sort of say uh, about Jennifer dying, because that was. No. Because uh, what I will say seriously uh, about storylines is the two storylines that I have really got to my heart and my bones where I have done my very best to do it as well as I can was when Siobhan was dying of cancer. You do it scenes like that, mindful that there are a lot of people listening who are probably going through something similar. So it's my responsibility to get it right. And with the sudden death of Jennifer, same thing. There will be people who've just lost loved ones or are about to, and therefore I must get it right. But on the lighter side of it, when Brian had, well, his first affair was with Caroline, which was a huge surprise to all of us, and a great, I mean, it saved Brian, absolutely saved me. Um, and then the Siobhan story, which changed my life, really, because it went on so long, and it got, it became bigger than television for a short time. Uh, you know, I remember people ringing me up saying, I've just seen David Frost reviewing the Sunday papers, and all they're doing is going to page 14, because there's another bit about you and Siobhan and you as Charles and all that. And over the years, you know, and then I was on the, This Is Your Life with the Red Book, and that got me onto panel games in just a minute. And so, so one just went up a slight celebrity rung. I don't feel a celebrity, and I'm not, but it just, from my, from my point of view, and also great timing because as the years have gone on, I haven't wanted to do theatre 
or indeed television drama anymore. I, um, I can't think anything worse. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But you're so happy to you keep doing that. Perfect at my age, you know. And we live near the Chichester Festival Theatre. So we go there and see them all the time, which is brilliant. No, I mean, so much so. But for my birthday, my agent sent me three bottles of champagne, which I think it's only because they know I don't want to work. So I'm not a nuisance. <laughs> well, it's just wonderful to talk to you. I Wait, really appreciate you Donnie's, spending the time. Thank you. Thank really you, darling. Appreciate. All right, Philippa. Thank <laughs> you so care. much. He was delightful as well. And now we go on to Andrew Wincott who plays Adam. Well, it is my huge pleasure. We've got Andrew Wincott, who plays the one and only Adam. Hello, hello. It's to you, Andrew, because I've never met you before. Well, so welcome to Dumpty Dum. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. How do you feel because you're performing it live today? Well, it's it's a bit different because we don't we don't normally get to do this in front no. of an audience. We, uh, yeah, we're just alone in studio with each other. But, <laughs> but to have an audience responding... The, We'll be tempted to play to the to the yeah. house. That's <laughs> going to be, the, or maybe play up the comedy. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but let's so, talk uh, about Adam. You know, how do you feel his character's progressing? Because he's gone through a lot. He goes. He has been through a lot. Lots of ups and downs. He's a complex <laughs> character, um, and great fun to play. I mean, it's always fun to play those those inconsistencies because I feel he's very principled. He's very principled about his farming. Mm. Um, non-intensive and uh, the herbal lays that he went all those things he went through and now at Bridge Farm which seems to be a natural home for him you know there's, there's all of that but but then he's strayed personally he's got a happy he's been sorely tempted in the past and did stray about mm, well several years back now but I'm not sure if Ian ever felt I never find out about that. He has now. <laughs> we won't tell him. Don't worry. Yes, it's always fun playing those those shifts. You 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 know because we're all we're all complex people and we all react differently to each other in different situations. Um, I mean, the way I speak to uh, Brian, for example, the way I am with Brian. Yeah, it's it's so fun playing moments of tension too. It's great when you have the uh, 
you know, the charisma between between people, the fun, the the, the tenderness. But then it's also fun when it all goes wrong, because that's where the drama <laughs> yes. comes in. So I, I love the uh, well the scenes with Brian, but they're getting on okay now since we lost Jenny. Yeah, yeah Mum. So it must have been so hard to up because as an actor you you've got yeah. to step up, but it's the friendships and it's a, it seems a fab the cast or a family. As well. It's like having a second family. Yeah. It really is coming up. It's not like coming to work. It's like seeing your second family. And um, my my mother went to grew up on a farm called Home Farm in Oxfordshire. No. And she also went to the same school as Godfrey Baisley, who created the archers. Not at the same time, but she did go to the same school. So in a curious way, that feels like home to me. That village where the, the, the earliest sort of idyllic village that I can remember was that village of Sibford Ferris in Oxfordshire and, and Home Farm. But, uh, but it's, of course, it's everyone's ideal village. But... Um, but yeah, it's a curious. Uh, it is like coming home. So that's home for me. But so is seeing everybody in the cast. I haven't heard you eating a lot of pizzas, though. I thought there might be more pizza involvement. I'm deeply concerned about the pitted olives and the ramifications Ooh. of that. Oh, about I don't know. That. Yeah. Have you had any pizzas to actually eat in the in the studio? What we tend to do is we have Ness, who does our FX. What she does, if there's something that we need to eat, and there's no, nothing like you can't reproduce the, the sound of toast being crunched into or pizza so what she does, you walk into the studio and there's this wonderful smell of toast in the air or toasted pitta that's what she uses to create that crisp bite into a thin based pizza very yeah, good. Yeah. So you don't actually get to enjoy any of well, it. Well, if we have to eat it, oh, do you then do I will do the right. crunching. Okay. Yeah, but but only take a only take a very small amount. So, what's the most complicated scenes to do? Are they the, the, the more straight ones, or are they the actual action ones, which take more working out? They're all they're all very very different. Um, a, a lot of the, the physical scenes, the action scenes, if you like, where you're, you're busy, you're having to shift things around. It's fun because you're still trying to maintain a dialogue and then invariably we'll stop at some point during the scene and then there's a shift. We'll come closer yeah. into the microphone and it will become, as we get to the point of the conversation, the heart of the conversation. So there's always a dynamic uh, unless it's physical all the way through. But but I you know I think invariably there is a shift, uh, and then the intimate scenes. I mean, sometimes I've done scenes where we're in the hot tub at Honeysuckle Cottage. <laughs> yes. we're, we're imagining lying there, and there's water lapping around us <laughs> on a hot summer's day. And swimming in the river as well. We, we did we did that. do some swimming. We did, and then there was the flood, and uh, we turned the whole the studio looked as though uh, as it had never looked before there were there were uh, pails of water and and paddling pools and sou'westers and huge sort of knee-high boots and i remember having to jump as it were from a tractor into boggy land so i jumped into this paddling pool wearing boots to create the splooshing effect and then uh, calling from a long distance where charlie was drowning in the, the culvert I think it was and you could hear him going under the water and then the, they, they technically created 
the image that of Charlie hearing Adam calling, Charlie! But the microphone, the camera, as it were, went under the water, and you could hear Adam calling from above the water. That, that was a very different... The whole week was dedicated to that. It was like a movie. Yes, we loved yeah. Charlie. We would very much like Charlie to come back and stir up trouble yeah, for Adam. Yeah, stirring trouble. Because he was a complex character, <laughs> yeah. blue, hot and cold. Yeah. yeah. But had the interaction with Adam as well. Yeah. I mean, you have an yeah. extensive acting career, and yet The Archers is one of them that you've been doing the longest. Is it closest to your heart? It, it occupies a, a unique place in the same way that it, it does, I think, in the cultural fabric of, of the, the nation. I mean, we're a farming nation. This programme's 70 years old. It's amazing that it's still running. And the unique thing is it plays in real time. But for me, yeah, you, you know, we, we, we've, we grow up, we grow old through this programme. And um, you don't get to do that. Someone once said to me, The Archers is like a multi-layered Victorian novel, multi-strands of narrative. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. The de- only difference is, it doesn't have an ending. Yes, well, we hope <laughs> and, and, not. And long may it continue. <laughs> it's just wonderful to talk to you, Andrew. It really is. And hear all about Adam. And just really look forward to hearing more of Adam in the future. Well, yeah, I hope. Let's hope for some exciting moments. It's always good when things get complicated. Yes. That's what we look for. I look yeah. forward to hearing some more complications about them. But Andrew, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Great pleasure. It was lovely to meet Andrew. That was wonderful. And now we go to Charlotte Martin, who of course plays Susan. Well, it's just such a pleasure to have Charlotte Martin, who plays the one and only Susan. Charlotte, what what a character! Oh, I mean, she absolutely is. I mean, I, I was thinking on the drive over here, actually, all the all the kind of incarnations of Susan yes. really over the years. Uh, you know, going from kind of this little kind of plain kind of girl who got a job in the bull and then met Neil and then it all grew from there and then that obviously that big drama about going to prison. Really incredible, you know, I... I Headline grabbing. Well, I often think about that and think, gosh, how how that captured the imagination of, of, you know... the United Kingdom, really, because um, it was mentioned in the House of Commons by Margaret Howard and all that, that. So that was a wonderful. But then I think since then, she's kind of managed to kind of reinvent herself a bit. I think she's, she's, she hides that and doesn't talk about it very often, her experience in prison. But um, she's, she's just... She's managed to kind of find different roles to define who she is um, in many interesting ways, I think. And I was thinking, I think Susan actually is the one that has the most relationships and the most sort of titles out of anyone because she's sister, aunt, mother, grandmother, friend, employee, um, wife, mother. So I think she does have the most connections. So she really is... I didn't appreciate it before I thought that through. Yeah. How she is really one of the, the hubs of. I think she is, and, I, and you know, and I think that's um, that's partly down to Susan being inherently a gossip, which I know she's she's used. You, you know, that's that. that's the way she's yes. known. 
Um, but I think, but I think that's what she does. I think as a, as a as an individual, she makes lots of connections and puts herself in lots of different roles so that she can have all these all these relationships. A woman of a certain age be kind of pushed into the sidelines, yeah. but I don't think Susan allows that to happen, <laughs> which is great. You know, I think that's that's marvelous. But you know what I mean? A woman of yeah. a certain age, yes. yeah, fading into the background. But I don't think Susan. I think Susan will be dragged it to, to that place, kicking and screaming, really. Well, and the window as well in the oh. sort of cheese yogurt make. I just think that is Susan in her element. I can just see Susan there. Wonderful, with isn't the it? intercom. I know. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I mean, she loved she loved doing the radio show. Yeah. You know, during Kevy. I mean, she absolutely yes. adored that, and I think that gave her a taste for actually the celebrity lifestyle <laughs> that she probably would like to like to inhabit. Yeah, I'm surprised she's not on TikTok or something. She probably is secretly. That's probably her secret passion. When when Neil's gone to bed, she's probably <laughs> sitting there doing a doing TikTok. She's an interesting character. I've absolutely adored playing her, and and the writers get me. You know, they get mm. the character so well, and and write not only comedy. Uh, great comedy film, which I love doing, but also you know some really serious storylines yeah. as well. So I'm very lucky in that. I know you know I, I see that. that I don't think Susan has the sort of the dry filler no. scene. There's always something. There's always something going on, even even if it's not directly yeah. about her. She's she's part of some thread, isn't she, yeah. that links other characters. So um, I really appreciate that. I, I, you know I'm very lucky that the, the scenes I get to do are fantastic and the storylines are, 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 are really interesting. Everybody says, oh, poor Neil, he has to put up with Susan. I think it's one of the strongest marriages yeah. in the village, to be honest, um, which is quite something. Although the significance now of Chile is taken on a whole nother level. <laughs> I know. God, I, I just don't know where, where that came from. I must have said it in a particular way in one episode and then suddenly, because social media, whoa, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, chilly. <laughs> last question about Susan is we don't hear her doing any sort of hobbies, whether she does any textiles or book club. Is there anything that you think that she would be doing? She would be doing. I'd love her to, um, and I've said this to a couple of the scriptwriters, I'd love her to do some either exercise or... or um, Belly dancing classes, or I'd love her Zumba. to do. Yeah, I'd love her to do something like that. Yeah. I really would. So I'm hoping that she would do something like that. But no, she hasn't because Clary does a lot of sewing and yeah. stuff. But Susan's never really. Not her. You know, I think she does so much during the day. That's she has so true. many roles that probably at night she probably just lies on the sofa <laughs> and eats chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Indeed, there isn't. Oh, Charlotte Indeed. Martin and Place Susan, thank you so very much. Oh, it's a pleasure time. to meet you and, and uh, you know, enjoy the rest of the festival. Thank you. And finally, we talked to John Rowe, who of course plays the part of Jim. John Rowe, who plays the one and only Jim. Jim is beloved to us, John. Do you. Do you know how beloved Jim is. No, no absolutely, no, oh, not like, at all. I mean, he's evolved so much as a character. Ah, yes. When he started, he was quite cantankerous. And... Well, yes, I had a rather unhelpful note when I started doing it from a, a director who said, now, make him as nasty as you can. Ah. And uh, I, I thought, oh. So anyway, I staggered on with that for a bit. And then I thought, well, you can't do this. I mean, this is absolutely boring. You've got to make a, a rounded human yeah. being, you know, the past. And the, yes. So hopefully yes. one has done that. Oh, absolutely. And what I love about Jim is he has scenes with all 
generations and yes. Jazza and Brad and Chelsea. That's it must right. be lovely to do. Yes, it is. Things. It is nice. Yes, at the, in the, at, at the moment I seem to be doing quite a bit with uh, Mia and Brad. Is it like a family? It feels... It's, I, get the it, I think, yes, I think do. the artist has always been a bit of a family feeling to it for the, for the actors and actresses. Yes, I think very much so, because uh, we're all dependent on each other. Well, we're ultimately, of course, dependent on our wonderful writers. Yes. But, uh, yes, we, we do get on. It's exciting, is it, when the script arrives? Do you, do well, it's very exciting. <laughs> it's very exciting because you've no idea which direction it's going to go in. Because sometimes, uh, you know, you, you have a wink, as it were, because it's relying on something that's already happened. And then suddenly you turn the page and you think, what? <laughs> no, really? <laughs> Good heavens. <laughs> you weren't expecting that. No, quite. <laughs> And Jim has had quite a few of yes, those. Yes, there have been quite a few of those. Yes. You've had to play all sorts of emotions as well. Yes, that's true. That is true. And um, uh, it's funny, I think, especially if you're playing an older character, G G Jim is officially 83 years old, I'm 82 and a half, uh, it is that as I find this myself, is that my emotions are much nearer the surface than they were as a young man. I am very easily moved to tears by anything that is sentimental, basically. Or certainly that I see, you know, I think, oh, yeah. yeah. And we've seen that in, in Jim, the warmth, the compassion yes. that he has. Yes, yes. But he's also very wise and very good at the old quiz. Is that... Does that reflect you in real life, or are you not as much of a quiz master? I'm not really a quiz master at all, no. I, uh, in that sort of world, I just do the quick crossword in The Guardian uh, for entertainment. <laughs> we both enjoy it. That's about my level. I mean, I, di I did, because, uh, of course, officially, I'm, I am a retired um, classics professor. Yeah. And although I did uh, do classics to an extent at school, and then when I went to Oxford, I was actually reading English language and literature. But part of that involved uh, straying into Virgil. So we had to do books four and six of the Aeneid, uh, which... Um, do my party piece now. Uh, the first few lines of the Aeneid. Ama virunque carno, Troiae, qui primus aboris Italiam fato profugus laminaque venit litora. So you are Jim. Those are the first lines of the great poem, one of the greatest poems of Latin literature. I am a, a, a book bound person, you know, both in buying and reading. And also uh, lists. I'm always sort of looking at lists and saying, where is this? Where's the index? What does this mean? I'm always looking things up, yeah. you know, because I sort of, I, I think I'm aware that there's always a solution. There is a solution, you know. And it's usually in literature itself. So why doesn't Jim have his own book club, then? I would love to hear... <laughs> 
him, <laughs> with all sorts of different characters. Yes, yes. I think that might, it might work. I don't know. I think he's a, he might get a bit short-tempered. <laughs> With people who haven't really started, you know. Uh, it's like that thing at school, you know, when you go through the different stages and the master says, well, we don't seem to have learnt anything. <laughs> yes, there would be all of, all of that. Well, it's just wonderful to talk to you, John, and to hear about your character, Jim, and you're about to go off and perform in front yes, of the yes. crowds. It's, it's, it's a nice episode, it's very well written and uh, a joy to do, actually. Well, I look forward to hearing yeah. it, John. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Well, that's it. That's the end of this special episode. Thanks for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed it. Apologies again for the background noise, but what a special day it's been. And there'll be a usual dum-de-dum this weekend with Quentin and I. So look forward to talking to you all then. But for now, it's a bye-bye from me. Dumpty dum 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 d